It was really long. And it really borders on softcore porn. and gals and welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. I'm Louie Perlman. Okay, batter. Hello, Kate. How was your week? You doing okay? Doing doing it. Yeah, rocking it. My I'm growing some seeds in on my balcony and my uh, violas sprouted. Oh, I saw. Yeah. Oh, oh, I posted on Instagram. I was so excited about it. Yeah, I didn't like your Instagram, but I saw it and I appreciated it internally, but didn't go through the process of double clicking. It was just on my Instagram story, so it's totally okay. okay. Uh, follow me at Louis4711. Instagram story is popping off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so that's the most exciting thing that happened to me this week. Okay. Um, and also, thanks to uh, all our listeners who listened to our first episode back after our long hiatus. Yeah. And we're happy to have you back again. Uh, and the whole series is now on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So you can watch an episode once a week and then, you know, we'll, there will be uh, episodes of our show every Wednesday for the foreseeable future. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless we like get to actually go out and live our lives again. Yeah, that'd be And then wild. we'll have to reevaluate, but that's not happening. <laughs> We'll get through the season before that happens. Yeah, we probably will. All 78 episodes of it. Right. Well, but the season's cut short too, so. Yes, that's true. The season is a little shorter because of the uh, current events. We have time to do it. So, Kate, anything going on, like, social media-wise or any news? Um, So, not social media, but Lily, Camilla, and Madeline were on The Simpsons this past week. Yes, that's right. We should maybe watch that i did oh you did oh no i should have watched it too so we could have talked about it together but give us a recap they play mean girls they play mean eight-year-olds yeah Uh, lisa gets like invited to another horse girl's party but then like the horse girl is like a mean girl and are they just sort of like analogs for their riverdale characters not at all okay cool yeah So they get to do different stuff which is great yeah, I feel like Camilla was kind of close, but the other two were like just completely different people. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a fun episode. But The Simpsons has been pretty good recently. Like the past couple of years, it's just that everyone gave up on it, so. Well, yeah, when a show has, you know, 31 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's And a couple of them in there were like not good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and one of my favorite bands weezer just made an appearance on the simpsons yeah, as well same episode oh great i that's like an episode taylor made for me to watch it so yeah. i'll watch it this week and then weigh in i actually bit of a digression but i watched my first simpsons episode in like years this week just for fun just because mm-hmm. i hadn't watched it in a while i ended up watching the sherry bobbins episode which is very good yeah. i reference all the time and it never lands but What's the reference that you do? Oh, I just say that instead of Mary Poppins. Yeah, Sherry Poppins. Yeah, it's a, it's a Mary Poppins parody for anybody who might be listening to the podcast that doesn't know. And it's very funny. Uh, yeah. But also it feels um, tone-wise and pace-wise dated, which is very interesting. Like it definitely yeah. feels like it's from an older era of comedy. The joke density is a little different. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, this is an old show now. This episode came out when I was like 11. Yeah, (laughs) I've been watching old SNL clips on Peacock. Slow, right? Yeah. Yeah, slow. The sketches are slow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Riverdale is not slow. Riverdale is very fast moving, except for episodes where absolutely nothing happens, which is... No, this episode I feel like shit happens. Oh, uh, I did not feel that way. Um, I got another uh, person sighting. So um, Sweepy was in like that new John Green show on Hulu, but I didn't bother looking at more information. Oh, Looking for Alaska? Uh-huh. Didn't watch it. And then Fangs popped up on a Quibi episode. Oh, are you subscribing to Quibi? I'm doing the 90-day trial because like 
I'm hoping to fit in all the Reno 911s. That's great. And that's all you need because in 90 days, Quibi is going to be gone. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> yeah. And I watched Game Show. That was great. Yes. With a friend of the podcast, Matt Rogers, who yeah, is so great. Yeah. And then, but Fangs was on 50 States of Fear, which uh-huh. is a fun idea that is not going to make it because there's no way they can get in enough episodes. It's, they have like different horror directors. Mm-hmm. The first episode is Sam Raimi. Love him. And it's like they cover urban legends for each state. Mm-hmm. Very they're cool. Not, it's not like Mothman. It's like, I think like kind of made up ones. Sure. And each state takes up like three episodes. So they're just not gonna. Yeah, they're not gonna finish that. Yeah, I will say Fangs, I didn't know where his episode was going. So that was kind of fun. And what state was he in? I don't remember. Great, that's fine. <laughs> it's the one, it starts, uh, it's the one he's in. That's how you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one the fans. He's in like one of the first scenes, so it's like easy. <laughs> so I read just before popping on today an interview on Decider with John Goldwater Jr., mm-hmm. who is the uh, head of... Uh, Archie Comics and just Archie Entertainment in general. And the interview is mainly about the TV properties because Decider is a TV website for Mm -hmm. those of you that don't know. So series finale of Katie Keene is tonight. We're recording this May 15th, uh, 2020, just for listeners who are going to listen to it when it airs on Wednesday. Katie Keene airs tonight. So it's sort of about the picture of moving forward with this franchise in general, these, this shared television universe that he has created. And a few things. Thing number one is he talks about opening back up, quote unquote, and doing it in a way that is like good and meaningful for the brand and for the safety of everybody involved. And uh, I'm sorry, but he's not Governor Cuomo. And he's not really going to get to figure out when these shows are going to get to resume shooting. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and when, they can, when they can really publish uh, comics again, because print comics are on hold currently as well, which makes yeah. sense. You know, and, and digital apparently for them has been a little more so-so than they expected it to be during all of this, which is not a big surprise. Um, and then on top of that, Katie Keene is shot in New York, which I didn't know it's shot in New York City. But yeah. It's going to take a while until uh, anything resumes in New York production-wise, like really a good long while, yeah. unfortunately. The other thing that I want to address in this interview is he keeps saying over the interview, like he says it two or three times, that the Archie TV shows are currently having their Iron Man moment. He keeps saying it's an Iron Man moment over and over again. And... I, I just want to say as sort of considering what we cover on this show and how the, the podcast is, you know, concerned with the way that Riverdale and the other shows intersect with pop culture. I think that's a really odd comparison. And I think it's strange that he keeps trying to spin it like this. You know, the Iron Man moment was a moment where a, a character that was previously not particularly part of like the cultural firmament for most people became Mm -hmm. one because very successful movie was made about the character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think he might also be meaning that like there was an Iron Man movie and now we have like 72 Avengers movies. Yeah, totally. But uh, you know that I, I, but we haven't seen these properties achieve their, what I would call their Avengers moment as of yet. You know what I mean? Like, there's been no yeah. crossover, basically, well, other than... That's why this is Iron Man right now, is that they don't have the crossovers yet. Because there was Iron Man, and then there was, like, Captain America. America and, and Thor. Together. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I would consider their Iron Man moment when Riverdale started, mm-hmm. and the characters started being part of the public consciousness in a way that they hadn't been since the late 60s. Right. You know, where it went from conversations about the Archie characters being oh, do they still make those? Or, oh, my mom really loved those. To, mm. are you watching Riverdale? <laughs> you know, uh, which, is a, which is a very different part of 
the conversation of the pop culture conversation. But, you know, he's, he's hinting towards, you know, and um, Kevin appeared in an episode of Katie Keene and Hiram apparently appears in the last episode of this season of Katie Keene and is apparently pointing towards bigger things. So I'm hoping for a, a, some sort of crossover between all three of the shows. I think that'd be super fun. Yeah, we've talked about the Sabrina crossover potential a lot, but I think yeah. it just like makes more sense. Yeah, That's for cool. sure. Yeah, you know, it's um, the there's a great model for this on the CW already. All the DC Comics shows that are part of this shared universe, whenever they do crossovers, they really swing for the fences and sometimes they're a complete disaster, but they're always like incredibly fun. Yeah. You know, and I'd I like to see, I'd, I'd like to see, uh, you know, all of these Archie properties actually having a little more fun. Yeah. Especially Riverdale, which is like, not fun. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, um, Riverdale has its fun moments, but boy, does it ever take itself seriously. Yeah, right. Which, let's get into this episode. Fast Times at Riverdale High. Of course, based on um, the 1917 classic Gold Rush. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, if any of our listeners have never seen the classic teen film fast times at ridgemont high it's so great it's such a good movie it's so much fun i haven't seen it it. you've never seen fast times no but like i know all the references yeah so fast times is a film about a bunch of kids in the la area i think it's from 81 it's later than that directed by uh kate you can you can verify that it's directed by penelope spheres Mm-hmm. who uh, came from... Uh, 82. 82, yeah. Comes from a background of... Amy Heckerling. Sorry, it's Heckerling. Sorry, it's not Penelope Spheres. That's right, it's Heckerling. It's the other L.A. punk woman who became a film director. Yeah, and written by Cameron Crowe. Yeah, Cameron Crowe wrote it. Uh, it's great. It's about a bunch of kids sort of struggling through a year in high school... And the, the kids are all very vulnerable and fun. And then there's a famous, iconic character played by Sean Penn named Jeff Spicoli, mm-hmm. who's just like an absolutely dreadful, like stoner surf character who's just like such a nightmare. And I kind of wish that this episode uh, had more... Yeah, uh, I the same way. ...tie-ins with Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. This episode really just serves as being a proper season uh, premiere for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, with uh, In Memoriam serving as somewhat of a buffer. Right. Yeah, and, and overall, uh, I, I don't feel that this is a particularly exciting season premiere. It, it feels like it just is picking up a lot of where the last season left off, but without anything particularly explosive happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's nice to see all our old friends. So, yeah, so... First uh, couple observations of mine. Yeah. Really just, like, a running list at this point. Uh, <laughs> eating out at the diner every night must be expensive. Yeah, but they, there's no other, they have no other source for food, so... <laughs> it's, they don't have a grocery store. That's right, so um, that's what they do. They could order in pizza, because they did that in one episode, right. which mm-hmm. proved a world outside of Pops. Yeah. But yeah, but that's nice. They're, you know, Archie's using his friends instead of going to like a grief therapist, you know? Yeah. But it is like a really like poppy fun opening to an episode that is not that way. Yes. I especially liked, I thought it was stylish how Jughead is writing at the counter on his mm-hmm. laptop and then he's looking over, remembering all the meals that he's been having. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next question is how old is Mad Dog? Yeah, I thought Mad Dog was 45, but you know, apparently he's, he's a teenager like the rest of the kids in Riverdale. Yeah, just unclear. Um, but I do like Mad Dog as a character, and I'm like happy I'm he's sure. on the show. Like, yeah. that's a good, that's a good, that's good use of him, you know? Was he in the comics? Oh, you know, I, I will do some research into that. But to my knowledge, he is not a comics character. Cool. Um, but maybe he's a comics character that's more obscure than I know of. 
So one thing I liked in Jughead's uh, monologue was he was like, it led into him saying, and Archie was doing what he does best. And then it's very unclear what that thing is. Yes, that's because it's unclear for the writers. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, if it had been Archie does what he does best, or Archie is doing what he does best, uh, which is like beating people up that don't deserve to be beat up, that would have been, you know. Yeah, just like yeah, not getting mad much. at people. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. posting shitty things on Reddit, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, he no no don't know what it is we meet veronica's lawyer mr sourberry oh yeah baby and great name initial reaction is there's no way like paparazzi gives a shit about this yes this is very important apparently for the paparazzi to get a photo of veronica yeah like veronica's very famous in this world yeah and security in high schools is very loose well, we already know that they'll let any old adult into Riverdale High, so a uh, parade of adults is great. I mean, this is also an episode where they let an adult male yell and scream at football players from the parking lot as well, So, which yeah. is, is not appropriate for any sort of no, school. No, but I, that's, almost, that's a little more appropriate, but yeah. Yeah, it's still like really clearly a coach from a – from a football team would be like, hey, sorry, I can't let you do this. Yeah, like, I've seen parents, like, watch practice, but they don't usually give so much feedback. No, they don't yell and scream. Yeah, exactly. And then also, just before we get into the next few scenes, just because I don't want to skip over it, we get the first real scene that's an interaction between Betty and her long-lost brother, Charles. Yeah. And I really want it seems to just jump into the action at hand when it comes to like the fact that Charles is an FBI agent and that Betty is helping him and so is Alice and that's fine Mm -hmm. but this is a really huge emotional thing that this long lost brother is back in the picture and at least this episode doesn't take a moment to address that it's just Betty and Charles teaming up like everything's cool Mm -hmm. and I would imagine that Betty would have a hard time letting Charles in yeah. after the chick incident. <laughs> yeah, she just like has, I don't know. Yeah, she's just like, okay, that's oh, fine. Baby. You know, but like the whole chick thing was so scary, you know? Yeah. So really, really, really tumultuous. So yeah. now she's just like, oh, it's my real long lost brother, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Once again, they have the fireplace lit during summer. <laughs> yes, romantic, romantic. Yeah. This is what they do. Yes. And then I have some questions about the sequencing here. Sure. So Archie and Veronica go up to Veronica's room. Sure. And then they wake up in Veronica's room, and then twenty seconds later, they're getting dressed in Jughead's living room. Okay, so I where are they in the Pembroke for this scene? I thought they were at the Jones-Cooper household. I think they are at the Jones-Cooper household. But somehow Veronica's room is there. Is that Veronica's room or is that just a guest room? That's definitely Veronica's room because we've seen that room like several times. Oh boy. Okay. Well, didn't realize that. That's yeah. silly. My, my only big opinion about this scene is that it's, I f- we should time it out but it feels like the longest sex scene the show has ever had. It was really long. And it really borders on softcore porn. This scene is really, really on the line uh, in a very intense way. And in a way that I was like, Jesus, you guys, like, like, whoa. Uh, You know, it's just intense. I didn't realize I was watching, you know, late night, show you know late night showtime here yeah from the 90s you know yeah um and then they're gonna be late for school (laughs) yeah in our like very unrealistic lingerie for a 17 year old totally uh we meet their new principal mr honey right after (laughs) after principal weather b yes now we've got mr honey honey I thought that was fun and honestly, maybe not on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they just stumbled into that. (laughs) Yeah, they could have stumbled into it. 
Yeah, so, so far, Mr. Honey sucks. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get better. But I did write in my notes, this is the fun teen romp we want. Oh, with the principal being real bad and the kids coming in from all having sex time. Yeah, and they're just, like, running up to school late in the hallway. Yeah. That's fair. That is that is shenanigans, which we've been asking for since season one, is zany shenanigans. So Yeah, and then it went downhill real fast. It did. It did go downhill very fast. But the shenanigans are there. Good point. Yeah. Uh, back to not knowing how old Mad Dog was, it's weird to me that Reggie hadn't considered the possibility of a teenager attending high school. <laughs> and like why hasn't he been like busted for truancy and like is he 19 like and going back to school like yeah he must be because or else he wouldn't be able to be to not, not be in school he would be busted for being truant so yeah. he must be like a 19 year old student going back to school which is great Mad- yeah, is i love that like it just I, I think I think Reggie is mostly jealous of Mad Dog's beautiful body. Well, Mad Dog's got the full eight pack. Yeah, Mad Dog really is, just, like is the most built guy on the show. He's really oh, yeah. unbelievable. It's, it's kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it is uncomfortable, but I've always appreciated that about that how 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 stacked Mad Dog's body is. Um, <laughs> and then we get a wonderful scene which is 100% necessary but is somewhat infuriating where they have to somehow reset Kevin Keller's character because Kevin was really off the deep end at the end of the last season. Yes I did feel like it was a realistic situation that was like a weird apology and then Betty not accepting it. Well but you know it's like Remember, there is a scene in the last season that they even referenced where Kevin is dragging Betty onto an operating table to get a lobotomy. Right, which so is that might be said. sort of like defriended forever territory for me yeah. at least. I don't know. Well, but Betty didn't accept the apology, so that there is, is that. Fair. That is fair. Um, you know, but they they clearly want to keep using Kevin. Yeah. And they want Kevin to be a sympathetic character, and that's hard after he's gone full out the farm wackadoo. Which yeah, because I'm sitting here saying she didn't accept it, but you're right that by the end of the episode, yeah, she's like, all's forgiven. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. By the end, they're like a little team again. Exactly. Yeah, you know he was brainwashed, so there is like. Yeah, but I mean, once again, you know, and this is like cool stuff that if Riverdale wants to go there, they should go there, but they don't ever want to go there in a realistic way. I'd love to see a a scene where Kevin's getting deprogrammed by somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like that's dramatically needy. Like, I don't think that it's, that's boring to address that kind of stuff. If they're going to go full cult, which they clearly are, Mm -hmm. you know, Edgar Abernathy is... Ever and ever. Sorry, Ever Never Abernathy. Edgar Evernever is like amassing guns in this episode. Yeah, like he's like, going full out like Koresh, you know? Like Yeah, I was gonna say we just all watched Waco. Yeah, exactly. Like so and that's all cool. Uh, you know, go for it. Do the deprogramming, you know? Um yeah. do it, you know. Um uh and then um Jughead's story, which we still don't know what it's fucking about. Nope. Which I'd love to know what his story's about gets him courted by Stonewall Prep, mm-hmm. uh, which has a very handsome English teacher recruiting. Very handsome yes, actor. Mr. Chipping. Yes, Mr. Chipping. Yes. And Jughead, this is a great character arc where all of a sudden Jughead can't express to anybody for the sake of the plot of the episode, his feelings, all mm-hmm. of a sudden for absolutely no reason. Where Jughead's mm-hmm. like, thank you so much for the invitation, but I'm not interested in going to your school. Goodbye. Instead of being like, you know, my friends have been through a lot and I want to stay with them at this school because, which is clearly why he's doing it. Like, yeah. Like it's senior year. My best friend's dad just died. My girlfriend's here. Her dad just died. That's fair. Eight years ago. Unclear. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, I want to I want to stay at my school, which is like perfectly understandable, you know. Mm-hmm. So, cool. you know, but but instead we get this sort of push and pull from Jughead that is sort of which is, in my opinion, somewhat unnecessary. Uh, and then the paparazzi break in. 
Right. Well, first we should mention that Veronica is a shoo-in for Harvard, which is a very confusing thing. Well, she's a good student. Yeah, but she's also, like, she doesn't have extracurriculars she can, like, put down. She's a small business owner. That's really cool for Harvard. That strikes me as a Harvard thing. Yeah, but she has to also explain what her small business is. I guess if you don't think that you don't think that someone running a speakeasy would be a teen a teenager running a speakeasy wouldn't be Harvard material. Yeah, and then also like I don't know that there's like it's still really bold to say shoe in for Harvard. It is, but Veronica is bold and confident that way. Wait, but it wasn't her. It was her guidance counselor that said that. That's fair. That's fair. Her guidance counselor said, "Veronica, you are shoe in for Harvard." Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, I mean, my, they, my big complaint is the fact that Harvard exists. <laughs> Why isn't it like Blarvard, you know? That's true. You know, like, but Juilliard exists, exists as well mm-hmm. in this world. So there's some colleges that exist, mm-hmm. you know. But, They're definitely all going to go to a fake college together. Oh, for sure. They're all going to go to a fake college. Yes, absolutely. They're not going to split up these characters for season five. Or have them go to real places. <laughs> But, like, together or separate? No matter what happens, there's no way they're ending up in a real college. Yes, yes. Oh, so you think that they'll go to, like, Ivy University that's in Massachusetts? Like, stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just no security at this high school. And, no, paparazzi and breaks in. Abundance of paparazzi in a very small town. Not to harp on this, but just what's the name of this funny college rumordale.com huh are you talking about rumordale.com no 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 i not yet i do want to get into rumordale.com just where did alice uh, or not alice um mary uh mary andrews go again she went to sarah florence oh, Sarah Florence, right you're right <laughs> which is that's amazing that's such a good name yeah. <laughs> anyway uh, yeah, so there's Riverdale. So we've never heard of this website before now, right? No, but I don't want... There's other stuff in between before we find out about this. Sure. That sure. I do want to address. So yes. one, So they canceled the Back to School Dance because at the last dance, a lot of students were murdered. And yes. I don't remember who was murdered. At the last dance? Yeah. Wasn't that when... Wasn't that when... No, Midge was killed at the school play. Yeah. Oh God! We'll have to. I feel like didn't like the. Farm. Well, no, the last dance was was the Black Hood thing. Yeah, Black- he, like scraped the hook. Like I know, like. Yeah. Last summer style. Yes. But who died? Hey, listeners, if you remember who died in the, at the last Riverdale dance, write to us on Twitter. Please do. Because uh, yeah. And it was a lot of people too. Yeah, I think quite a few characters were killed. <laughs> yeah. Is that when, when Dilton bit it? No, Dilton was poisoned. Dilton yeah. was a was a casualty of the of the RPG. Yeah. Unclear. Uh yeah. I wanna say to Reggie and his father that you should not wear football cleats on the track. It is damaging to the surface. Good to remember. Thank you. Yes. Yep. Most schools you'll see, like, since the football field is in the middle, they'll have, like, a mat laid down that's, like, where the cleats are allowed to walk. Yep. 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 Totally. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then I think his dad should relax because it's not like Reggie's losing his place on the team. I don't even know that he plays the same position as Mad Dog. Well, I, I don't think anybody knows what position Mad Dog's going to play yet because he's trying out for the team for the first time. Yeah. And it keeps being like, he's embarrassing you. And it's like, but they're not, they're on the same team. So like. Oh, it's, it's very convoluted. It's feels like, listen, hey, I'm not a sports guy. I, I know that it's convoluted. These writers, did they do any research into how any of this works? No, absolutely not. No, I can not. say that everyone involved watched Friday Night Lights, but uh, Friday Night Lights does not make football clear either. So. That's fair. That's fair. And also, Reggie's dad just sucks so hard. And there's, by the way, no way Reggie's dad was a football player himself. Oh, because he's so little? Yeah, maybe he was like a kicker. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, he cares. Maybe he was too small to play football, and that's why he cares so much. Yeah, maybe that's why he cares so much. He was probably a a horse jockey. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Thanks for laughing at that. I appreciate that because it, it wasn't worthy of a laugh. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will say that I was laughing before I just continued the laugh through that joke. I did not start a new laugh there. Thank you for your honesty. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, now we hit rumordale.com, which is just said in passing and so beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I'm into rumordale.com as a, uh, like, element to the show now but yeah, it is a surprise that we haven't heard about this this website until right now in the yeah i'm gonna before. see if i can if there's anything there oh it goes to the warner brothers website of course it does yes very good you know uh i guess sleuthster is out at rumordale.com is in yeah yeah well, sleuthster was google which is not the same as that's fair. That's fair. It's just that they haven't mentioned Sleuthster in a few seasons. Yeah. I feel like this season they're going to be like, Rumordale, 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 you know, <laughs> like, like they used to be with CoverGirl. Cover Girl. Yeah. yeah. Reggie's homophobic now. Yes. Yes. And uh, I the Reggie's entire- homophobic now. And like Reggie, like all of a sudden, like Reggie, they, they just write him just to the purposes of the plot of the show. Like, uh-huh. remember in the last episode where Reggie was like, here's the keys to this hearse. Yeah, Reggie doesn't have a character, Reggie. No, and now Reggie's like, ah, drop the soap, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, who is this guy? Yeah, the whole scene, I, it was just like so angsty and like not too long, way too long. Way too long. <laughs> like- and, then, and then the end of the, just to skip ahead, just because it's the end of like Reggie's arc for the episode. Uh, then all of a sudden it's like I'm nice again now and thanks oh, Archie for getting me through this it's like okay we're Reggie we're gonna have to talk about the character resolution for Reggie of course we are but I just want to hint it that it's like let's remember Reggie just being absolutely dreadful in this scene yeah mm-hmm. yeah anyway. there is uh uh Joan's family scene that was not that interesting um, yes but he does get to call uh, I, all FP I wrote was to, boy. Uh, FP does get to call Jughead boy, which is very important. Mm-hmm, that's how that I should do- be a Riverdale drinking game is every time FP calls Jughead boy. <laughs> that's all. The only reason I remember that scene is because all I wrote was boy. Yeah, you know, and Forsyth went to Stonewall Academy for a little bit of time before he dropped out. Mm-hmm. So that's, so there's a legacy, but FP didn't want Jughead to know and that's all perfectly fine. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into Stonewall Academy when we visit there in the next few scenes. Yeah, where is Charles's office? In the 50s. <laughs> you just have to, like, time travel to get there. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's where his office is. And then once again, I just feel we need more of an adjustment to Charles just being in the show now. Yeah, he's just... I don't remember a lot of what happens in the rest of the season because I wasn't paying attention, but there is a big twist with Charles that I don't think is resolved. Great. Season five, here we come. Uh, Also, Betty is just like, Betty's just like a G-man now, which is also just like, yes, I know that Betty within the world of the show is a a sleuth, but for her to like be full out like G-man, like, you know, Kevin's compromise, blah, blah, blah. And Betty being like, yeah, yeah. It's like, where did these job skills come from, Betty? <laughs> like, this is like a training thing. You know, Betty could certainly help them, but mm-hmm. Betty isn't qualified to just be like taking down a massive cult organization. There's a lot of people in the FBI where I don't know why they got there in this show. Definitely. Remember the other guy? Um, the dumb, like, all-American FBI guy that ended up being part of the mafia. Yeah, and we find out later in this episode that Alice is not just an informant. She's, like, a full agent. Yes, Agent Alice Cooper. Most unstable, emotionally unstable agent for the FBI literally of all time. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, you know, she's her, her biggest uh, training is that she is going to tell you know, members of the cult to not hang out with their friends anymore. <laughs> Remember that whole Alice character arc from season one? You're not allowed to hang out with your friends anymore, Betty. They're, they're, they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, the next scene has a fun song. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is a good needle drop here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a song uh, from the first Archie's album release. Uh, it's the last song on the album. This is from 1969 from the album everything's archie the song's called archie's party uh and it's one of the only songs 
from the entire Archie's canon that is written about the characters. So that's kind of an interesting thing about the song. Um, it was written by Jeff Barry, who was the primary songwriter for the Archies, along with Andy Kim, who also wrote Sugar Sugar and Jingle Jangle, which we've already covered on this podcast in great mm-hmm. lengths. Um, but this so- track is like very much like a end of the album throwaway track. It's like a really just traditional rock and roll song. It's like a real bop. It's a bop. It's good. Archie's going to be there. Jughead's going to be there. Betty's going to be there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie's going to be there. Veronica will be there. You and me will be there too. That's the chorus. Yeah. But there is a part in this song that is of note, which is not used in the episode, but I just want to bring it up for our listeners because it's like a little piece of ephemera where like they're all just like talking during a bridge and it's probably the session singers that were doing the song and it's not the voice actors from the cartoon where at one point Jughead goes like, hubba, hubba, hubba. And then Veronica goes, Jughead, stop touching my body. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And that's a part of this song. So I just feel it's important that we all know that that happens in this song. I'm glad you told me about that because I was like, maybe I'm going to like put this on Spotify and now I'm not. You know, it's fine. It's just that then all of a sudden there's a very 1969 moment where Veronica goes, Jughead, stop touching my body! Which is like so, like, these bubblegum people in the studio goofing around and them just getting a full pass because nobody was paying any attention, which is literally the history of bubblegum music. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, that happens in that song. Yep. Uh, (laughs) There's a boy in the girls' locker room. There's a troll in the dungeon. There's a boy in the girl's locker room. He's 40 years old. Yes. And he's also shooting with a film camera. Yeah. And having the most manufactured conversation the show's maybe ever had. (laughs) Totally. Exposition, exposition, exposition. They're going to offer me $500 for a picture of Veronica. Yep. What? Uh, And then we have a scene where Mr. Honey, like, blames Veronica for the paparazzi, which, by the way, not his job. Second, he is in a room alone with her doing this. Yes. Like, he tells her to take a sabbatical from public high school. Yes, as per usual, the show takes, is really plays fast and loose with what school is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this happens again in this episode. Uh, yeah. in a few more scenes, which I will address then. But this 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 episode plays really fast and loose with school. For sure, for sure. We get a Kevin scene where he mentions that he was doing Grindem hookups on freshmen. First of all, Grindem new title, I believe. Oh, I thought he just said Grinder. I didn't I realize that grindem. he said Grindem. Yep. <laughs> Ew. Yep. Gross. And he was picking up on it as a freshman. Well, the show is sleazy, and there are, you know, teenagers do use grinder. like, it is some, it's a real thing. Yeah, and then later, he talks about him and Betty, like, what they were like as freshmen, and very much was not, like, Grindem, he was, like, still in the closet, like, it was, well, like, well, kids, kids can be in the closet and still be on Grindr, a lot of people are in the closet and use those apps specifically, because they can sort of stay anonymous. I'm looking for my notes about it because I thought it was wild that like, did I not write it down? But he talks to like, whatever he says to Betty is like very implicated that like, that's not what he was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think that more than anything, and this is sort of the nature of the show, it does play very fast and loose with like, the timing and his development as a character. Like, I think that's something we can, we can say to, for certain. Because yeah. there are, you know, there's like, there were scenes where, where Kev was going into the woods for hookups. And then, you know, but he was on Grinder before that and, or Grindem, my apologies. Mm-hmm. And if he was having some sort of active Grinder life, at least for sort of in my hierarchy of, of, of queer needs. <laughs> I wouldn't go to a hookup space like the woods if I was able to go online mm-hmm. to do the same thing. Um, so it's kind of surprises me that Kevin was doing all of it, but that's okay. Hey, I'm not shaming Kevin's gay sex life. He's got a lot going on. Far be it from me. 
And now Fangs is gay again. Yeah, which is great. Good which for him. Which is great. He's just real in and out again. I like everybody on this show to be gay. I mean... <laughs> he's, just, he's just what we need him to be for the episode. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. My next thought... Well, have we gotten to Brett Weston Wallace yet? He's next. Okay, um, great. Because he's important, Brett Weston Wallace. Yeah, he... Yeah, you know, talk about him. <laughs> okay, so Brett Weston Wallace, this is a very funny name for a character. Yep. It is a reference to the author Brett Easton Ellis, <laughs> who is most uh, well-known as being the writer of, Amer- of American Psycho. And is also himself an American Psycho. Oh, is he crazy? Oh, yeah, he's, like, super, like, homophobic and, like... Oh haunting like just not a good person i did not know this um but he was a big author in the early 90s and also like i would say that riverdale is quite inspired by some of his stuff what was brett's full name brett easton ellis or brett weston wallace weston wallace because also uh wallace foster like i just there were like seven authors jammed into one name yes uh yes yes it's which is super super fun and then he says to Betty, I love your look, very sweet valley high. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, very funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah. They, he goes to book club and my favorite thing is that there's two people of color in it and the second they start talking about the racism, the teacher's like, we got to talk about the white thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is a whale, but also still like the epitome of like speaking over. <laughs> yes, speaking <laughs> over people of color. I also feel that this entire book, like the entire discussion scene mm-hmm. is- Their salon. Their salon, that's right, their salon. I think it's gobbledygook. It's like very strange. Uh, the opinions that any of the characters have about anything is, it's all really weird and mm-hmm. feels like someone read like a third of a Wikipedia page about Moby Dick and then decided to, you know, yeah. throw this in. Um, And why couldn't they be discussing, I mean, maybe Moby Dick will have thematic implications towards the rest of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe there will be stuff about obsession and in the season. And that's cool. If that's the case, that's totally fine. But Moby Dick sort of is, feels like a real cultural outlier. You know, I feel like they picked Moby Dick so they wouldn't have to explain it too much. That's fair. That's fair. Why weren't they reading Toni Morrison? Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought that that was a real cool party for teen girls that they had over at uh, Thistle House. Yes, the the the, that, the party at Thistle House. Um, and and this is the second season that starts with a with with a Cheryl party. Yeah, and I thought it was fun that she did a full toast at this party that maybe has the entire school present or does not. Sure, totally. And uh, maybe you know this because you've watched into the season, but I kind of want to start a betting pool. Uh, is is Mr. Honey going to be decapitated? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just have a feeling that's going to happen on the show because Cheryl, uh, her wish for him to be decapitated, it's just like, well, that's specific. <laughs> like, it- you know, Louie, can't say you're wrong. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was watching this with subtitles on, and instead of writing Merci in brackets, it put Veronica thanks in French. <laughs> Thank you for that detail. That's amazing. It's <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a weird sentence, a full sentence. Oh, my and God. And very bizarre. Like it, um, and then also I liked... Uh, when Reggie was like looking for the bathroom and like trying to like dig through the gate that Jason's body is behind, just <laughs> Jason's hand is sticking out. And I thought it was a very funny image. <laughs> it in itself is goofy. And also um, how long are they going to, how long are, how long are they going to like deal with this plot point without anybody finding this body? So yeah. I will say a little bit as a spoiler for you is that it definitely goes away because I tweeted as though, because I forgot and I tweeted something and one of our fans got very mad at me for being wrong about the whereabouts of Jason's body. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, they could start their own podcast. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I, Penelope Blossom's dead, right? I could not remember 
And I asked my wonderful roommate who also watches the show and none of us could remember. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, is Penelope Blossom dead or not? Because let's, it's important, but- Let's look it up. She, Cause she's like a scapegoat, the Veronica that Betty gives Kevin and like Kevin wouldn't know because he was in a cult when they were in that weird like Hunger Games, but. Totally, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. No, Penelope is not dead yet. Okay. Yes. Penelope was, she was one of the main people behind the Gargoyle King, though. Right. So I think she's in hiding now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the, the cops show up. It's a very, like, John Mulaney scatter moment. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's um, the cops. And it's FP, which is so funny. FP. I liked when he said, I hope that Jughead is not drinking what's in the cup, and Jughead just poured it out. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, yes. And then FP just, like, fully reveals who called the cops on him. Yeah, which doesn't seem to be allowed. Yeah. But it's, Especially it's funny. <laughs> it's, like, not their neighbors. Like Yeah. The next scene is, like, a nice little heart-to-heart between Archie and Reggie. Yeah, it's Reggie-Archie friend time. Yep, on a bench under a streetlight mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's right. In nowhere, not, la- nowhere land. Not even on a sidewalk, just like this side of the road. <laughs> then in the next scene, we get a great little Ferris Bueller reference. Right. I wrote Ferris Bueller, but in the Fast Times episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I know. Where he says, you know, he loves his car more than he loves me. Yep. And then um, he- uh, Louisville the, Slugger to both headlights. Yeah, he Louisville Slugger is it. Or it's the, the windshield, actually. Right, I know, but I was going to the Carrie Underwood song. Oh, thank you. Yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and this is all fine. Uh, we'll see how this all goes for Reggie. Yeah. I'm guessing not well. Um, <laughs> we find yeah. out that well, actually, but it's fine. And then we get them all in school together, which is such a rare scene for this show. Yeah, and the whole scene was interesting, I felt, because the teacher the teacher asked them if they had done their summer reading, like, five days into school. Yes. Like, that feels like a day one question. For sure. Um, and then she's like, okay, fine, I'll read out loud. But she is not reading a novel out loud. She is reading, like, literary criticism out loud. Yeah, a little essay about Shakespeare, yep. Yeah, and then Betty and Jughead just walk out of class, and then Jughead just walks out of school. Yes, this is this is another scene that doesn't understand how school works, mm-hmm. literally at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just leave, and then also too, just because c- it's kind of a fun detail, we kind of see all the characters and like if they're paying attention or not, mm-hmm. and Veronica's paying quite close attention and seems to be quite diligent right, well, which i like yes uh and tony is like i don't give a fuck <laughs> like <laughs> tony's like doing her hair in the back which is great tony's yeah. a real hair hopper <laughs> um yeah and then like betty's like you know what jughead you're gonna get so much more intellectual stimulation out of stone you know out of going to stonewall which is Fine. Um, Archie and Reggie speak again, and Reggie's like, I talked to my dad and we're all good now. And I think it's fascinating that smashing his dad's car fixed fixed 17 years of abuse. Yes, I think that this plot line, if it's realistic, is gonna end with Reggie's dad murdering him. <laughs> uh well, but it's Riverdale, so nope. Yeah, so no, yeah, exactly. Paparazzi's back again. And my first thought was Veronica should have prepared a statement and it turns out she does prepare a statement and that statement is all that jazz. Yes, the statement is all that jazz, which is insane. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about all that jazz in a little more detail. Okay. Before we do that, something that came up in the scene that maybe, maybe you'll know the answer to, doesn't Veronica have to have some sort of legal guardian still? Her, both her parents are incarcerated, right? She needs to yeah. have... Some sort of legal she can't just they address herself. It. I feel like they addressed it because I feel like she emancipated. But are you allowed to emancipate yourself as a 
child, like as a still as a as a legal child, you can yeah, emancipate yourself from your parents, but I think you still need to have a guardian. I know she's emancipated from her parents. I don't know. I think that you can't just live on your own, even if you divorce your parents if you're under 18. Yeah. So this is I, I this is an odd thing that nobody's. But also, this is paparazzi, so they don't want to hear from a guardian who had nothing to do with the case. Totally, it's just came up in the scene. I was just thinking about it, the yeah. fact that she's on her own. That's all. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then she does all that jazz. When did they have time to rehearse this? Oh, I I did write. This would have taken a lot of rehearsal. Also, the reporters are there. Like, yes, this is normal. We'll just finish the song out, and then we will <laughs> talk to her. Yes, and. Who are these other two women dancing with them? Yes, I have so many, like, okay, so I write- At first I thought the blonde woman was Betty. And then I know, I the like, first oh, thing I write not. is, why are all the reporters like, yes, this is normal? Yep. And then I noticed that they only had old-timey microphones. And then I yes. said, get your lawyer. And then I said, two, who are these two girls? And then I said, this took a lot of rehearsal. Yes. And singing all that jazz does not a legal statement make. It's not even like maybe if they had sung, he had it coming, you know? Yeah, which would have been fun. For our listeners that aren't as big, sort of like musical theater geeks as me and Kate. Not that Chicago's like a geeky. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not a huge musical theater geek myself, but like this is just it's a reference to Chicago. Uh, the song's from Chicago, and Chicago's about a bunch of women who are criminals. So it is sort of a fun aesthetic tie into Riverdale. That's mm-hmm. all, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then after her statement mm-hmm. that she doesn't care about either of her parents, which is great and absolutely no new information. Mm-hmm. Then she's chatting with Archie about how she's renaming herself Veronica Gomez. Yes. And I also say she is handwriting her application. Yes, which is lovely. Which is lovely, and also Harvard will not accept that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. But Harvard within the world of Riverdale will, because it's set in, you know. Yeah. Who knows when it's set. But there, this is a scene that I love, actually, between Archie and Veronica, that I think is the best written scene Mm -hmm. in the episode, where she says, I'm going to start calling myself Veronica Gomez, and Archie in a really nice, tender, and genuinely surprised moment for the character, says, oh, well, what's she like? Which is really lovely. Yeah. And then she says, oh, I don't know, we're going to have to figure it out. And I like this, like, this feels, like, really warm and supportive and healthy. Yeah, I don't know where Archie found this maturity within himself. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's when every once in a while they write him properly, and this is a moment where they do. Also, I want to say this at the beginning of the episode, but there's a scene where he's boxing with a mad dog and his scars are like gone. Oh yeah, they were not there. <laughs> like vanished. Anyway. They put actual bees in Mr. Honey's office. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get honey nests like that because apiarists, which are beekeepers, don't care about bees and they just give everything away. <laughs> That's right. They're and they're like, oh, you're doing this for a prank? You got it. Yeah, they're like, oh, all the bees will die and this is horrible for the bees and for the environment. Like, yep, they're like, take it away. Yeah, yeah, you go for it, Cheryl. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Then we find out that Alice is an actual agent and not just an informant. Yes, also just Mr. Honey's reaction to the beehive. He's like, oh, And I just don't know if that guy's a good actor, just want to (laughs) say. That's a good point. Yeah, anyway. We find out a lot about what's going on with the farm right now. Yes. It's certainly like a Branch Davidian situation. Very much so, and I love it. I'm like, I'm I'm all for it. Like, the ATF is going to get there, and the FBA is going to be mad because they're not working together well. Yeah. And also, they are currently located beyond the Maple Barrens. Yes, yes, they are, uh, which is all, I think that's all really fun stuff. And I want them to, it to play out in like kind of a fun, gritty, crazy cult way. But yeah. we will see because it's Riverdale. Cause it, so it might play out in a crazy, dumb way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, then, this is when we find out that the first Forsyth went to Stonewall and that also he went out for cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> no, 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 no. We learn that the first Forsyth went to Stonewall in the scene previous. Uh-huh. 
And then, oh no, you are right. I'm sorry. You are right. We learn all that. Yeah. But yeah, that's not a big surprise. Yeah. But I love that they a- just fully went with like, went to buy cigarettes and didn't come home. Like they didn't even have like a clever storyline. Well, he could be using that as an idiot, like as like a analogy as well, yeah. you know, for okay. just abandoning them. It also reminded me of Jelly Bean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just want to say that. And then I got to say as a Jughead fan, I am very much looking forward to seeing Juggy in a cute private school boys outfit for a few. Also, you know, I may have talked about this on XOXO before, but I went to a a high school that had, uh, that had uniforms with little ties and blazers. And it may have left like a bit of a sexual imprint on me. I'm just going to say like, I don't know, seeing, you know, all my friends I had crushes on and little ties and blazers every day might have, you know, done somewhat of a number on me. So I, I am excited for Jughead to be dressed like this for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we get the great voiceover line. It's going to be a good year. <laughs> Flash forward to... Spring break. Spring break. They're searching for someone in the woods. Probably Jughead. Well, they're, they're yelling Jughead, yes. Oh, they are. That's right. I apologize. So if this season is a season where every episode is going to end with a flash forward, mm-hmm. uh, a la, it's similar to the format of Arrow, um, I'm fine with it. I think that's cool. I think that's a great way to give the, this is, okay, this is something that I feel that I'm excited about and I hope plays off in the season with that flash forward is it telegraphs to us that they have a plan mm-hmm. for the writing of the show. Mm-hmm. And if they have a plan, maybe the season will be more properly structured. Fing- fingers crossed than like the last two seasons were. Also be, did you watch Clone High? I did not watch Clone High. Um, because every episode ended with a like next time on Clone High and yeah. none of that stuff ever happened. <laughs> Well, totally. That's also the Arrested Development joke as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But if Riverdale started doing that, that would be hilarious and a huge troll and we would love it. But the teenagers would revolt. They'd be so angry. So, yeah. So who's your crush list this episode? This uh, number one is Jughead because of his little outfit. Mm -hmm. Number two is Veronica. I have Veronica on mine. Because she wore her absolutely stupid blonde wig, which I love. Yeah. And number three, just mainly for shits and giggles, is Reggie. Okay. Why not? You know, poor Reggie. He really got it this episode. Yeah. And, Who's on your crush list? Um, so I have Veronica as well. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, <laughs> so I put Betty in FB. Love it. That's totally understandable. Who's on your power list? A little so- more compelling this episode. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I feel like the people who had a lot of power in this episode weren't necessarily, like, heavy in the episode. Sure. So, I mean, number one was Vegas, so, like... Of um, always, yeah. Yeah. But then Hiram really, because it's kind of revealed that he's the one that, like, leaked this fake story. That's true. That's um, a good point, yeah. Yeah, and then I have Veronica because she did a lot. Um, yes. Reggie made big relationship changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Betty did the same. Mm-hmm. Charles is running the show. Yeah. And then there's some other people. Yeah, I have Mr. Honey as number one. That makes cause, sense. Because he's just, like, really a thorn in everyone's side this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I have as number two, actually, Archie. Because okay. I think Archie's the, the prime manipulator with the entire Reggie situation. Okay. And so I feel like Archie's the one that kind, of, kind of holds the power there. Yeah. Um, and then number three is Veronica, for sure, who mm-hmm. also just sort of flips a bad situation on her and kind of is empowered. Like, yeah. So sure. next episode, what's the next, what's, what's happening? What's, um, the, what's the title? Episode 60 is Dog Day Afternoon. Very good. Dog Day Afternoon. Which is a 1975 Sidney Lumet movie. Yep. With Al Pacino, John Cazale, James Roderick, and Charles Durning. Nice. And it is the events following a bank robbery. That's right. Something I that is interesting about it that I hope Riverdale does, but I suspect they will not, is that the movie has no 
non-diegetic music in it. Oh, that'd be amazing. And it would be really cool if the episode did that, um, but I suspect they won't, but also, you know. Yeah, yeah. I want no, not, I want no diegetic music. Right. And so I want the only song. song to be Archie's party over and over again. Yeah. We have, um, or no non-diegetic, we have, I'm pretty sure explained on this podcast before what diegetic and non-diegetic We have, is. because we're really into it. So we're not going to explain <laughs> yeah. it again. Listen to back episodes. Yeah, uh, but because there's a lot of episodes, I don't know which one it was. Sure. Um, diegetic sound is sound that takes place like in the universe. So a diegetic song would be um, like coming out of the radio in a scene. Or it would be like all that jazz, like she was performing it there. And then yes. non-diegetic music is like the score. Yeah, non-diegetic music is the score. Yeah. And Dog Day Afternoon had no non-diegetic. Music. Had no. Yeah, had no score. Yeah. Same way that uh, No Country for Old Men did. Yes, exactly. So. Uh, super fun episode. Lovely chatting about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on social media. You know, you can give money to our Venmos if you would like at Louis4711 and Kate, your Kate Dash Fatter. Yeah, Kate Dash Fatter. Yeah, and we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. I'm still working on building a website for us as well. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching along with us for this season or re-watching along with us, please chime in and let us know because uh, this is going to be a fun project for us. And hopefully it won't be too much of a hate watch. I feel like we, we tapered it pretty well today. Yeah. We found some stuff to like in that episode. Yeah. Um, we should thank Angelie Mercado. Yeah, our editor. And we should thank Louie Aronowitz. Yeah, but our editor just like sprang into action like the second we asked her. Yeah, Angelie's the best. And uh, we're happy to have her back for another season of XOXO Riverdale. Yeah. All right, pals and gals. We'll see you soon. Everybody hang in there. Stay safe. And we'll see you again for another episode of XOXO Riverdale. Oh, yeah.